You're listening to the Hope Community Church Podcast. Uh, Let's pray this very simple but dangerous prayer. Father, we are here before you. Can you pray with me? Search us. That is dangerous in itself because Jesus might just show you what needs fixing. Search us, O God. David, search me, O God, he says. Show me. Self-awareness is our biggest asset. As disciples, self-awareness. Search me, O God, show me. So, Father, we are here before you. Help us. We're not in this on our own. We're, We're in it with him. His grace will lead us where it can support us. Help us. Give us insight into our lives that only you can see. Give us the courage to be honest with ourselves. We need courage. Give us the wisdom and the strength to change. Guide us, Lord, to health in in your strength and not ours. When it's done in our strength, it will fall. It will fail. When it's done in his strength, he will sustain us. And we need wisdom. Wisdom is doing something with the knowledge that you have. You can read a book. Some of, some of you read books. It's great. Books are great. But do something with it. That's wisdom. Knowing what to do with what you've got. Wisdom. Knowing what to change and what you can't. Wisdom. And now we're going to go home. Amen. But uh, we're going to look at devotion this morning. I think I put a button. Um, I am tired this week, so you'll notice I'm a little bit more scatty, and that's what happens when I get tired. I apologise. We've got a rabbit at home now. Yep. We've got a rabbit called Muffin. Its feet are massive. It's a giant lop-eared rabbit, and it's going to get huge, and I'm going to walk around with it on a lead. Um, We're going to look at devotion this morning. Before we jump into devotion, we need to kind of address it, look at it, explore it a little bit before I ask some questions. You've got a handout in your hand. Uh, Listen along, look at some of the questions and maybe you can write some things down to help you dig a little bit deeper personally. But before I ask this question, let's do some groundwork. In scripture, the word devotion isn't used massively, extensively, but it is in there and you will find it. In 1 Chronicles 28 and 29, the Bible talks about David's devotion to building the temple. And as he prepared to build the temple, he prayed for his son to have the devotion to see the temple completed. David was praying uh, that that this would be a, a faithful powerful, dedicated commitment to a specific purpose. And so you could describe devotion as this. Number one, a faithful commitment. Solomon was bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the temple and he called on the people around to be completely devoted to God by keeping his commandments. And he says this in 1 Kings 8, 61. Let your heart, therefore, be wholly devoted to the Lord our God to walk 
in his statutes and keep his commandments as, as, as at this day. And then later on, in chapter 11 of 1 Kings, uh, Solomon turns away from God and it says this, For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away uh, after other gods. Yeah, that's right. And his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. So one minute, he's telling everybody, be devoted to God and keep his laws, keep his commandments, keep his... I don't know why I'm doing this, I'm stirring, big pot of custard. Keep his statutes, he says. But then the next minute we read that his wives turned him away and he, he, he started following everything else that the world had to offer. Offer. Uh, <laughs> David Hathelhoff, um, including other gods. Solomon was devoted to God when keeping his commandments. But when he turned away to other gods and no longer kept the commands of the Lord, he wasn't devoted. So you could say, number two, that devotion is living a faithful commitment to God by following him and his commandments. King Hezekiah pleads to God for his health by reminding God of his wholehearted devotion. And you can read it in Hezekiah, uh, in Isaiah 38 too, but it's also on the front of your bulletin, just a little thought about that as well. But in Isaiah 38 verse 2, it says, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, he says, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly devotion and have done good in your eyes. Hezekiah is bargaining with God. He's saying, reward me because of how I have loved you. And Ezekiel, he rebukes the people around him for expressing devotion with their mouths but not with their lives. In chapter 33. And so you could say, number three, that devotion is wholeheartedly committed love. You could say an important part of devotion is that it's lived out by our lives and not just our words. There's no point just giving verbal to it. It has to take root in our lives. We have to be fruitful. It's not just our words, but how we live it out. And in Daniel 3, you can read about three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three guys who were put on trial to renounce their faith, and they were not willing. They were not going to do it. They were willing to die for their faith. Their devotion was strong enough to withstand the fire of a burning furnace. Their faith and devotion was unconditional. Even if God wasn't going to rescue them from this fire, from this situation, they were going to remain devoted and faithful. And so again, you could say that devotion is lived out great hope. Devotion gives great hope. And then in the New Testament, Christians are, are encouraged to be devoted in prayer in Colossians 4 verse 2. Paul talks of being devoted to doing what is good in Titus 3.14 and he describes a group of people being devoted to serving others in 1 Corinthians 16 verse 5. 
And so in the New Testament, we see more of this devotion impacting the way that we carry ourselves, the way that we live out our faith. And then Paul, he also warns, he warns the people of being led astray from their devotion in 2 Corinthians 11.3. He says, I'm afraid that just of Just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So it is possible that our devotion will waver. It's possible that our devotion will be hot and cold. It's possible that our devotion will be up and down. No one is disputing that. And as, 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 the, as, as far as the Christian faith goes, with, with all this in mind, with all this talk of devotion, as, as far as Christians go, our devotion is nurtured through relationship with God through Jesus. It's nurtured through a relationship with God through Jesus. Jesus himself puts it in his own words in John 15, verse 4. He says, abide in me and I in you. Abide, abide, live in, dwell in. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Abide, live, dwell be rooted, all this kind of language. Give yourselves to him, devote yourself to him, live in him, dwell in him. When we abide, when we live in the vine, when we live in relationship with Jesus, we are, we're investing in our devotion, we're nurturing our devotion. And then this devotion then impacts our lives through our lifestyle, through our hearts, through our love for God. And our love for God is expressed in many ways, from the decisions that we make to the passion that we have in worship and prayer. Devotion is constantly in need of feeding. Just like a fire. I love a fire, don't you? Something healing about standing around the flames of a fire. Maybe that's what got me in trouble as a kid. I love fire. I'll do anything to light a fire. I'll burn anything on a fire. But you've got to keep feeding it. It will only last for a short time and you've got to keep feeding it. You've got to keep fueling it. And it's the same with our walk. It's the same with our devotion. It's the same with our faith. We have to keep feeding it. We have to keep stoking it. We have to keep adding things to it. Jesus says, abide in me. Remain in me. If you cut off a tree at its roots, it will give you a little bit of fruit for a very short time, and then it's going to die because the vine has been severed. The root has been severed. It's not remaining anymore. It can't do what it was supposed to do, and it's the same with us. We have to remain. So when we're born again, 
we have a decision every day to remain. If we don't remain and we walk away, our devotion is going to disappear. Slowly but surely, the choices that we make, the lifestyle that we live, the, the way that we, the, the, all that, all that, all that. And yet if we remain, if we abide, we, can, we, 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 we feed our devotion and out of this devotion will flow many things and demonstrate just where we are in our devotion. Going back to Solomon, once his devotion to God had disappeared, he was up to no good with a complete disregard to God. There's a big argument about once saved, always saved. Once you're a Christian, you're always a Christian. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. Being a Christian impacts all of your life, how you live your life, how you make choices and decisions. Sometimes people tell me that they love God, but I look at their lives and think, well, there's no demonstration of loving God. You can tell me that, but it's like was warned. It's lip service. Our actions will demonstrate how we really think and feel. Now, I'm not saying you're either devoted or you're not. You're not fully committed or you're not. But I want to ask you where you are. And how does your life display your devotion? This is a question we will be taking with us into the new year. We're laying the groundwork now for some digging in the new year. The questions that we've been asking in this series is about going deeper and deeper next year with more of this. And so we're laying the groundwork. Where are you in your devotion? Where are you right now? How does your life display your devotion? Now, I'm sure that we all have the same desire to be devoted fully devoted followers of Christ. We want to be. Our heart cries out for it, hopefully. But it is amazing just how quickly we can all drift when we are not paying attention, when we are not abiding. And it may be simply getting into a television series, very, very slowly, gradually. Maybe, a, 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 you know, getting into it a bit too much and then realising that what you're watching just isn't good. It may be laughing at something be, and, and before you know it and realising, oh, that was a bit too far, whoa. It could be being distracted constantly by social media. Actually, you've got no time for anything else in your life. Bad habits can quickly gain the upper hand in our life, very quickly. Bad habits can set in, and before you know it, they've took over. And if we don't address them, they take over. Our own self-indulgence, feeding ourselves, takes the lead, and our devotion to him takes second place. It's all about me. It's all about me. Perhaps you can relate this morning. It's really easy to let worldly desires become obsessions. And when they do, our love and devotion are taken away from God. When we give more devotion to anything or anyone other than God, we're being unfaithful. He deserves everything of us. 
He deserves our best because he gave himself, he gave every part of himself for us. And I'm glad and I'm encouraged that no matter how unfaithful I have been in my relationship with Jesus, God has never been unfaithful to me. That when I've made those mistakes and I've made a few, he's always been there for me. And no matter where you are today, he's still there for you. That's something to be happy about. Tell your face. He is wholly devoted to us. He is wholly devoted to his children. He will never let you go. But he asks you, remain in me. Remain in me. Stop running away. Stop running away. And our devotion isn't always what it should be. We have those mountaintop experiences. And they're great. They're absolutely amazing. But at some point, we end up in a valley again. We have choices to make. Because the valley will rob you of everything and keep you there. The valley will distract you. I'm amazed how many people go through difficult times and the first thing that they stop doing is attending church. It puzzles me. Because in my eyes, it's the one place that you should be running to. If you're sick, you go to a hospital. Your soul is sick, you go to church. You go to Jesus. And yet we make that first decision, I've got to stay away. I can't go to church. It's mental, but it's human. But do you know what? Giving to the worldly passions isn't the only thing that exposes our lack of devotion. We can all be guilty of holding back parts of ourselves from God. And it's, it's a sure sign of a divided heart. Whether it's your time, whether it's your adoration, whether it's your dedication, whether it's your honesty or your gratitude. If you're holding it back without full surrender, we will never become fully devoted to God. There are parts of all of us that we need to surrender. There are rooms in our lives that we need to open the door and say, Jesus, you can come in now. Some of us have got dodgy cousins in our attics that we're not willing for God to see. Maybe it's time. He wants all of our house. Not just the shiny bits. He wants your tool shed as well. He wants that that cupboard where you sweep everything into and you just close the door. He wants that as well. He wants all of us and he deserves all of us. It's only when God means more to us than anything or anyone can our hearts be fully devoted to him alone. We can all say it, Jesus, you are everything. Okay. Live it out. Jesus, you mean more to me than anything in the world. Okay, live it out. If we don't address them, wrong page. Anyway, this is why I like my iPad. Uh, It's only when God means more to us than anything or anyone can our hearts be fully devoted to him alone. As David writes in Psalm 73, 25, Whom have I in heaven 
but you, and earth has nothing I desire beside you. God is our everything. He gives us all we need in this life and the next. He is our peace, not the bottle that you've ran to. He is our joy, not the things that you've been watching on TV. He is our salvation, not your bank balance. He is our security, not your car. He is our strength, not your coffee cup. Speaking to myself, honestly, I am speaking to myself when I write this. This earth offers nothing compared to him. No wealth, no honour, no fame comes close to God and knowing him. And we see time and time again people living this out. We hear testimonies of people being stupidly rich, but being stupidly unhappy at the same time. Because they've pursued goals, they've pursued dreams, finances, material things, and they've got it. And it means absolutely nothing. This earth offers nothing. For the simple fact, God is eternal and our souls cry out for eternity. This world offers us very little because it all fades away. It all burns. It all goes. One man can empty your bank balance in the blink of an eye. It's gone. Even in heaven there is nothing greater than him. And you hear this cry in those words, earth, earth, earth has nothing I desire besides you. We have all pursued this world. We have all chased things for that fulfilment. We have all thought that we found the answer in our souls. Some of us still think that we can. We've all been there. We've all done that. We've all found ourselves wanting. And when we're able to say those words, earth has nothing I desire besides you, and we mean them, our devotion for God will shine. Our lives will be impacted. Our devotion to God carries us and it carries benefits. Our devoted heart draws near to God and knows his presence throughout the day. Practicing the presence of God. Brother Stephen, he was washing up dishes in a monastery and he experienced Jesus every day in his life. Don't tell me your life is too boring for Jesus. Practicing the presence. Wherever you are, everything is sacred. Everything is spiritual. Your spiritual life doesn't start at half past ten on a Sunday morning and finish at twelve o'clock. Your spirituality, your spirit life is everything. Every decision, every moment of your life. All of it. Devotion allows us to adore him for who he is. A God who withholds nothing from his children. Devotion gives us a fully surrendered heart that calls us to know Christ and his Holy Spirit, equipping us to live this out, to live out his plans for our lives. Abiding. Abiding. Jesus warns us, without me, you can do nothing. Live in me, you can do everything because I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to provide for you. 
I'm going to be there. To live the abundant life, we need a committed devotion, not live on the scraps. You can if you want, but the feast is there for all of us. Jesus calls us to live with undivided hearts and undivided minds. Where are you this morning? Where have you been this year? can you do about it? Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is a works thing for your salvation. It's not. Jesus is so graceful to each one of us. But he doesn't want us to stay where we are. He doesn't want to continue seeing the way that we damage ourselves and the way that we damage other people around us. That's not what it means to be people of the kingdom. Jesus wants to see the kingdom at work in our lives. So where are you? David was a devoted man. And he was also very human. You read through those Psalms. You hear the cries of his heart. He made plenty of mistakes. And he struggled with himself a lot. He experienced life in all its complexities all the struggles, all the joys, all the treasures. And throughout the Psalms, we read of his devotion expressed in songs, in worship. And in Psalm 27, verse 4, like we started this morning with, he says this, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Maybe something that we should be asking ourselves every single day before we make a decision. Where is God in this? Or how is this going to add to the kingdom? Michael Epton always said that to me. When I first came here, how is it adding to the kingdom? How is it adding to the kingdom? How are our lives adding to the kingdom? How are our decisions adding to the kingdom? David was centered around one thing. He was devoted to God. Everything he did centered around this devotion. And this is important for all of us. I I firmly believe if we could take a step up, even if it's 10%, 10% of our devotion, we will see fruit. Incremental changes. What we do with our time, incremental changes will impact us massively. Slowly and surely, every choice you make, everything you watch, everything you listen to, every word you speak. Very, very scarily, is that a word, Hannah? Is that scarily? We are being formed. Knowingly, unknowingly, we are being formed every single day by the choices that we make, the habits that we live out, the people that we are surrounded by, the things that we watch. Everything is shaping us. And it's either shaping you into a fully devoted life or it's robbing you from it. What do you want? Genuinely, what do you want? 
on the back, there's almost uh, a declaration at the bottom. I'm going to read it out, but I want you to take it home with you and to read it out. Read it out with each other. Declare it over your life. Every single morning if you have to, and maybe it will help you in your devotion. It says this. This is what devotion... This goes on the back of, of David's words in Psalm 27. This is what devotion looks like, living with one thing in mind, that I may dwell, abide, and enjoy a relationship with God. Give yourself permission to enjoy a relationship with God. I'm going to do this every day and any way I can. Stop making up excuses. I'm going to express my devotion through my life, through my actions, through my words. I'm going to fuel this devotion by a life of prayer and worship, making every moment sacred and an opportunity for more, more of God, more of his word, more of his love to impact my life. Maybe for some of us, we need to stick this on our fridge. And if we apply those words to our life next year, you will change, you will grow, you, are, you will be in a far better place than half of us. I'm going to fight for it. We need courage. We need courage. Not the first excuse. Oh, mm -hmm. Fight for it. Anything worth having is worth fighting for, isn't it? A relationship with Jesus is worth fighting for. There's a world out there that will distract you very cunningly away from him because he is not of this world. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to protect my time. I'm going to feed my soul. I'm going to live my life devoted to God because he deserves it and he is worth it. As I said, I've been challenged by this massively. I've been asking myself, who do I want to become? Who do I want to be? I've started a bit of a journey with Sam and us on our, I'm reading a book called The Intentional Father. Every morning, me and Sam, we talk about who Sam is going to be when he goes to university. I've got a job, I've got a responsibility for a few years to make the most of them and to do as much as I can to make, build in, invest in Sam to be the little boy or the man that he wants to be at 18 years old. And I'm asking him questions. Who do you see yourself as 18 years old? And he tells me, okay, how are we going to get there? What are we going to do? How are we going to go about it? Because nothing happens by accident. It's called intentional father for a reason. We need to be intentional. And I've been massively challenged by this. And, and part of me, part of my ADHD, I go into autopilot very quickly. And before I know it, I can be stuck on the internet, going through Facebook, just, and before you know it, I'm done, and I'm on Twitter, and Instagram, and BBC, and YouTube. I go into autopilot. I've just deleted every single account of social media that I can. Why? Because I'm fed up of it. And I don't want my son, Samuel, I don't want him on social media because it doesn't add anything to your life. 
And so I need to show him what it looks like. But I'm aware that over the last two years, the fear, the opinion, the, 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 how people are so extreme from you know, left to right, and everybody's got an opinion and everybody's slating each other. That isn't a world that I want to be part of. So I'm out. I've deleted it all. I've had enough. There's more to this life than social media. There really is. And it's just a small little thing. For me, it's just a small little thing. But I know I will be better for it. What can you do? Little things. I haven't been to the gym for a few weeks. I've got a few injuries. But in their training programs, they change little things by 5-10%. Whether it's a number of reps or a number of weight. And you reap the benefit in the long term because of the little changes. I'm not asking you to become a monk, but I'm asking you to turn your Facebook off. I'm not asking you to live a life on pilgrimage for the rest of your life, but I'm asking you to be a bit more generous with your time and your gifts and your resources. No one's expecting you to be the Pope. But I don't want to be talking to you and watching your bad habits take control of your life in the next two years. You've got power. Use it. You've got decisions to make. Use them. You've got a Jesus who wants all of you. Give yourself to him. I feel like I've just ranted at myself. And you've just watched me. <laughs> Thank you for experiencing that with me. You're listening to the Hope Community Church podcast. 